The following podcast contains spoilers and words like piss, shit, and fuck. We watch it. We watch it. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to We Watched a Thing. As always, you've got Billy in your ear holes, and you've got a very special guest this week. It's someone I've wanted on the show for years and years and years now, and we finally made it happen. It's Nick, formerly Epic Film Guy, and now of Nikolai's Kitchen. How you doing, mate? Liz, it's fantastic to be here. Oh. <laughs> Funny, you don't look like Liz from movie reviews and twenty views. I, I don't, but we have been recording with Liz, and there was a uh, little bit of a calamity. Ooh, my goodness! So, yeah, so I am now logged in as Liz, which is it's adorable, <laughs> isn't it? Uh, it's yeah. This has been too many years in in the making. I don't even do a movie podcast anymore. Like that's how long yeah. it's been. Uh, like yeah, yeah, this is this has been something that we've we have tried to put together for years and years and years. So I'm I am super super thrilled to be here. Me too. And this is the film to do it because I know that I know how much. I mean, firstly, spoilers. I know how much you loved this film, which is rare. Like usually, when I have a guest, I don't know what they thought of the movie, but you know, I follow you on the social media. We're Facebook friends. I've seen you post about it, so I can't think of anyone better to talk about this movie with. Honestly, uh, I I. Oh. I love it. I I, re- <laughs> I really, and I didn't like. I was not a fan of reboot at all. Reboot oh, really <laughs> soured me, and I really expected to go into this and and that it, that it was I wasn't going to get that old vibe, like that old Viewisk universe kind of thing. Because I love these yeah. Viewisk universe movies. My oldest son is named after Brody and Mallrats. Like, I mean, yeah. That's just how like ingrained into my life, my childhood, these movies are. So I, I don't know. Like I, I really was hesitant sitting down in the theater to, to see this movie. Yeah, well, let's get straight into it then. Clerks 3 is a 2022 American comedy film written, produced, directed, and edited by Kevin Smith. It stars Brian O'Halloran, Jeff Anderson, Trevor Furman, Austin Zager, Jason Mewes, Rosario Dawson, and, of course, Kevin Smith himself. Uh, It's a standalone sequel to Clerks and Clerks 2, and it's the ninth overall film in the the Viewers universe. And what is it about, Nick? Uh, So, Randall has a heart attack and in the wake of his heart attack and recovery decides that they've been working in a convenience store all this time. And it feels like they, you know, like they've had a a crazy, interesting life. Of course they could make a movie about their life. So they set about making a a movie of their life, which is uh, essentially making the first clerks movie. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That basically covers it off. So yeah, I, I don't think Kevin Smith is one of those filmmakers who feels so intimate. Even to this day, he's no longer like the the real indie kid he was when he started. But yeah. I feel like Kevin Smith fans still we really have this feeling of feeling like we're in on something special. <laughs> like you feel like you know the guy. And maybe that's just because especially through his podcasts, he's become so personal and open and talkative. But I do think there's something really special about being a part of this fan base do you remember you said obviously already like your eldest son is named brody after the character i used to have a turtle called randall because (laughs) not the same as a son (laughs) uh but do you remember what the first viewers universe film you saw was was it clerks back in 94 
I don't think I, I well, I didn't see clerks in theaters. I wasn't that lucky, but I I yeah. had to have been one of those people that discovered it on probably what DVD was was new-ish around that yeah. time frame. So I, I I definitely owned a DVD copy of it. It had to have been clerks. It had to have been, because I remember seeing Mall Rats when when that came out, and I was like really, really hyped to see it. So it had to have been clerks. Had to have yeah. been. Yeah, nice. Yeah. My memory. What's your what's your broken. favorite to this day? It's for sentimental reasons and I know I know people always come at it all the time, but I just, you know, I like I said my son is named after Brody and Mallrats. It's Mallrats. But yeah. like when I when I was a kid, like when I was when I was a teenager, like my best friend and I literally watched between between the the Batman films at the time I saw yeah. Batman and Robin in the theaters with his family, <laughs> but like those movies and mall rats and clerks, especially mall rats. Like we just, it seemed like we just watched mall rats on like an endless loop and yep. he, he died in 1999. He got in a car accident, uh, like when he was 19, 20 years old. So yep. just even for that reason alone, like, like mall rats, like sentimentally is just always going to mean the most to me in this universe. If I yeah. had to like outside of that, if I had to remove the nostalgia, the sentiment, and all that from it, it's probably Dogma. I love just how well realized that movie is. It's such a fun movie. Yeah, it's yeah, it's oh, it's so good. <laughs> yeah, I, I I genuinely love all of them. I'm I'm the guy who actually likes Jersey Girl. Even <laughs> you know, and I think obviously you brought up reboot. Reboot is not a good movie, and yeah. it it feels like. It's the first film that, to me, really, really felt downhill in Kevin Smith's filmography because I, I, don't, I actually, I love Tusk. I think Tusk, in its own weird little way, is a really interesting movie. Um, Yoga Hose is not so much, but yeah, Reboot was just bad. So I was the same. I was really, really hesitant going into this because I love these characters so much. I thought yeah. the second film did a great job of continuing this kind of saga. So let's get right on into it then tell me about your expectations going into the film like you said that you were you were were you cautiously optimistic i was cautiously optimistic because at the very least it wasn't going to be the jay and silent bob reboot thing like i at least expected its energy to kind of be in the vein of clerks and clerks too like you're getting jeff anderson back you're getting oh, uh brian o'halloran back so <laughs> i really i i i was at least more I was I was just much more anticipating this than I kind of expected to be like watching the trailer yeah. like you know you I mean and and you, you you walk away from the trailer with like Smith Smith very famously had a, a heart attack you know, he almost died a few years yeah. ago so you can tell like that he's kind of probably making this movie from a little bit more of a personal place and yeah. Like, so my, like I said, reboot, it just left a sour taste in my mouth. And like, I have loved every viewers universe movie up to that point, like to say nothing of like any of the rest of his movies or anything like that, but like the viewers universe stuff, I have always, always loved. So I want, I went in wanting to love this movie and I was really not sure if I was going to, because I wasn't sure if, if he was going to do another reboot style thing. I wasn't sure if Harley yeah. Quinn Smith was going to show up in like the entire runtime of this thing again. And then I would have been yeah. like, no. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I'm a little bit more of a mixed bag than you. I, same. My expectations were cautiously optimistic. And I think for the most part they were met. Um, but we'll, we'll get into that. Yeah. I want to start with the actors though, because you brought man, 
Jeff Anderson, I love so much. I think he is just so, so fantastic. And I like these guys, it's almost unfair to really even call them actors. Like Brian O'Halloran, obviously, he. I think back in the day, he was more of an actor's actor. I think that he was like the theater kid who kind of got into Clerks. Jeff Anderson was not an actor at all. And to this yeah. day, he doesn't, he's, he's a, reclu- a recluse really these days. Yeah. But I, th- I think the cast do so well in this film. I loved catching up with them again. <laughs> and, and I mean, can we, can, I, I just want to put this out on the table, like right out front that I did not know that Brian O'Halloran had that performance in him. Yeah. Like I really, yeah. I really did not expect. And and this is th- th- these movies have like, you expect to hear like a lot of crass humor. You expect yeah. to hear like, you know, just the, the, the dumbest setups, the, the, the silliest setups for, for jokes, like a lot of pop culture, like rapid fire, pop culture laden dialogue. But I didn't expect yeah. to go into this movie and come out of it like really like emotional, like really moved. And yeah, oh, I yeah. feel like that's it's maybe because I didn't expect that. Maybe that's why I enjoyed this movie as much as I did, because you you come out of this movie, or at least I did, like I was I was really, really emotional when I when I so, came out yeah. of this movie. So, uh, I, I was did not exactly know the same, same. The drama took me so far by surprise and same. It hits you hard. I don't know if it's just because, you know, I know that this is only the third Clerks film, but we are talking about a span now of nearly 30 years. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. like that you've been with these characters. And I don't know about yourself. I was a massive fan of the Clerks animated series as well. So, you know, there's all this extra kind of lore and stuff and time that you've spent with these characters. Yeah. It hit me hard. Same. Like some of those scenes between these two guys, or like you say, even Brian O'Halloran on his own, the performance that he gives in those really emotional beats of the film. Yeah, they hit you really hard. And I was the same. I watched this at home kind of because it just dropped on, um, you know, for digital download. And I watched this kind of in the middle of the night, couldn't sleep. And I, by about 5am, I was like, oh, wow, I I don't know how to process this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like it actually hit me much harder than I thought it would. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, I just, I think that there's, I think that there's a lot of people out there that can really kind of connect with with randall's character or i'm sorry with dante's character in that perspective as well because how many of us have have had it all figured out like you've got you've got all the answers you've and after clerks too like that of course is like the whole thing he's figured out like his whole life he's got rosario dawson and they're gonna you know she's pregnant and they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna do all this different stuff and then like right away the film immediately lets you know that she's she's gone that she died she's not there yeah. yeah yeah and then like and i was just like you know okay like when like and, and then I, i'm just full of questions i'm like okay well, when did she die what happened and then like when randall has to go to the hospital because he's had the heart attack like you get that kind of flashback of dante like and she's she's still she, like she was still pregnant like so yeah. you know, like the time span from like the end of clerks 2 to when she dies is like so months. short. Yeah, it's like five, it's and six months tops. <laughs> that to me is just like, and you think about Clerks too, like to kind of like duck into the thematic arc of that movie about 
them really kind of taking their, like their agency, like, okay, we, we need to make, make a plan and like actually do something with our lives. And like, they're caught in this state of arrested development and whatnot. And they actually like experienced some growth through that yeah. point. They go and by the quick stop, they're like, we're going to make this happen. Like we're actually going to take command of our own lives for a change. And then like you, you get the sense that in this movie, like that event like Dante had had it all figured out. Finally, like finally he was going to actually like live his own life on his terms and her being ripped away from him and his happily ever after, as he talks about in the movie being ripped away from him has immediately, I feel like just shot him back into that state of arrested development where now he feels yeah. trapped in his own life again. And yeah. I like, like I guess, I mean, I, I can, I can, I can, uh, I, I can connect with that, like uh, on, on a human level. Like I've been in those kinds of situations before where like all of a sudden it feels like your whole life has just been ripped out from underneath you. And yeah. then like being like, like how, like, I, and I'm sure that you can echo this sentiment as well, but like feeling like you're stuck in one place. Like I feel like in, in some ways, even in my life now, like I'm oh, stuck yeah. in one place. Yeah. So I'm seeing this character who is so distraught because of everything that's been ripped away from him. Like, yep. oh God, man. And this yeah. is like for, 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 for this movie clerks two is the same way for this, for this with me, because I grew up with these characters, you know, I grew up yeah. as they grew up and I entered Absolutely. the same age range that they did. So it's, it's just maybe not everybody, like maybe different ages are going to react to this thing differently than somebody that is yep. our age would. But you watch this movie and it's like, like literally like it, it, it kind of socks you in the gut with like all the crappy things yeah. about, about life yeah. at our age, you know? Yeah, it's, it's true. And this is where, when I said I'm, I'm a little bit more mixed on the film, it's not so much that, you know, there are some things I'm really positive on, some things I'm negative. It's more like, I don't know how to process it because it is so emotional and, and affecting you know like i remember yeah. when when the force awakens came out there were a lot of people who were very 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 unhappy about the fact that han and leia did not get their happy ending you know that we were we were left with them kind of getting together and now here we are 20 odd years later and oh no shit like they're like how did that happen and why did that happen and i feel it's hard not to feel that way here because it's like fuck like why did this have to happen? Like, why? But that's, I think that that's actually something really important and special about this film and about Smith's entire filmography is that yeah. it's not always the happy ending because that's not life. You know, like, you look at Chasing Amy, which, like, can you even call that movie a rom-com based on the way that it ends? I don't know if you can. <laughs> like, yeah. not not everyone always gets their happy ending and and Dante just- didn't and you know that's kind of that's this character and that's him and, and it's it's kind of hard to feel okay about that in those moments like when he goes to visit the gravestone and that's the first moment where you really fully understand i think exactly what happened i think that's the moment when he talks about the drunk driver and you know mm. that that it killed both of them and and it is it's hard like <laughs> And you still like you feel the grief that he is now trapped in, and you feel kind of all of the the pain that he unfortunately still carries with him, like yeah. the entire time. And and I think when you talk about not like really knowing how to process this movie, I think that's because we grew up with these characters, like I said. So we above 
all want them and we love we adore these characters so much they're brothers to us you know yeah, we yeah. want them to have their happy ending because we want to feel like it's possible for us to have ours too absolutely in every way, yes you know 100 percent. that's it and when yep. we can't have that when that's when 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 you see it stolen away but then i think i think you you peel back that layer of the onion and i think you really look at not just this movie but like the entire all three all three of the clerks movies life isn't about ultimately where you end up life is about all of those beautiful little moments like those beautiful little moments of 100%. friendship yeah as as you go through life like and that's kind of like what this movie is and it's such a painful thing for dante because of course he's reliving all of this stuff now that he's lost rosario dawson's character he's yeah. thinking about all of these different things that he's now lost and feeling trapped in this life while randall simultaneously has this kind of second awakening and he's like I have to relive all these beautiful moments that yeah. I've lived in my life because this is, this is literally all I'm ever going to do. This is all I'm ever going to be in my life. So yeah. I want to remember all of that, you know? Yeah. hundred percent. Like what clerks did so well was um, capture and make beauty out of the mundane. It's yeah. like a regular day working in a grocery store is something to be celebrated and viewed in on the cinema, you know, like that's what it did. So interestingly and i think that that's something that's really continued through and what i love about dante's arc in this film is that it's actually interesting his life has kind of always been as you said this state of arrested development up to this point that has been through his kind of lack of drive and and decision and everything but the state he's in now this is the first time really where something out of his control has put him into this state yeah his as you say his wife his baby ripped away from him yep nothing to do with any of his choices and it's put him right back into that same state and i think that that's it's a really interesting concept to play with that's um, why it makes you not know how to process this movie that's why it makes because it's 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 literally in a sense like to all of us who love these characters who have grown with these characters since clerks it's like a gut punch from smith to us like a reminder of like life can rip it all away from you in an instant and like that kind of immediately ties into like and and you can tell again like this this is smith post heart attack like you can tell this is him connecting to an entirely different plane of existence almost and yeah. like it's it's strange to take this 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 movie where these characters are so wrapped up in and again like stupid pop culture references and and and, and yeah. things like that but simultaneously you've got heavy themes of life and death and the meaning of life and all that stuff like teetering like swinging on a clothesline in the middle of this whole thing yeah. at the same time yeah. and it's 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 untrodden territory for a, a for a clerks movie for a for a viewers yeah. universe movie even yeah oh yeah 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 I mean, so while we're talking about the story um to some extent i mean can i ask you about the overall plot like obviously you've got the drive at the start of the film like you said is randall has this heart attack which obviously is based on Smith's own experience. Yeah. The the doctor who operates on Randall is actually played by the doctor who operated on Smith. That's not an actress. Um, like, it's, you, it's you that heavily meta. Yeah. It is that <laughs> heavily meta. And the, the, the meta-ness of this film, it it's amazing that it, it works after how poorly- the meta-ness was handled in um in reboot but yeah. here it's it's really fun like seeing these guys recreate these scenes from this 30 year old film now it really worked and i liked the plot 
Um, where were you on on Randall's heart attack? And, and I guess I mean I want I want to ask about how you feel about the ending. Oh man, uh, we'll get to the ending, I guess. But I the plot I love the plot of this movie because again, this is Smith post heart attack, so you can tell this is him looking back at the film that gave him his career. Literally, his life would not be what it is. That's you know that one of those moments, one of those uh, profound moments that completely changes everything about your life, like Becky dying for Dante, yeah. is is him making Clark. So you can tell this is him looking back at this thing in his life that has literally come to pretty much define who and what he is. Like it's his entire brand, you know, and he's looking back on this with so much love and, and and fondness for everything that it was and everything that is given to him. And I think that in those scenes, you like, you could have made this like really like tongue in cheek and you could have made it come off really poorly. Like, like in reboot, like you're talking about, but I think there's an earnestness to it yeah, because it's Smith. It's Smith having to have faced down his own mortality to look at it. And I, and I, and I think there's just such a genuine, a genuine gratitude for what clerks is and has been, and what it meant to his life and kind of as a projection out like to his audience's life, there's yeah. such a, an, an earnestness to it that I don't think you, you, you couldn't have faked that. And yeah. like, yeah. and I don't think that, I don't think that Smith pre heart attack could have even written it. You know, I think it's well, something yeah, that only yeah. com- came through because it was, it was Smith facing down his own mortality. It's him on that film set after have, having, having had a heart attack like shooting these scenes now through that lens, like it completely changed the yeah. way that he views this world, his own world and everything. I love that plot. Like I really, really loved it. And I mean, if you're a fan of this universe, especially oh. it's just amazing to see like at number and, and number one, the number of these random nobodies, they got to come back to do the yes, same, yeah. like the Chulis gum guy, like <laughs> yeah. all these different people that just came back to do this again. Like, yeah. uh, that is so good. That is so, that's yeah. beyond good, man. I agree. And it, it is, it's, it's interesting that you say, you know, pre heart attack Smith couldn't have written this because you like, we all know now that he's rewritten this film like three times. They were going to go into production on this movie f- must have been nearly Ages 10 ago. years ago now. Ages ago. Uh, and I'm curious to see what that would have been like. And I know that this exact storyline of kind of Randall making a movie was lifted from what was going to be a film-length episode of the animated series. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, the way that he's kind of collected all these together and put them into what we get here, which you're right, I don't think, I don't think it could have had this level of heart um, pre-heart attack because you're right, it is the there's real love in the way that he's looking back on on filming it and Randall's kind of exuberance for for <laughs> pulling this off, like he is just he's literally one of my favorite characters of all time and yeah. I, I i love seeing him like this in this film it's so much fun <laughs> yeah i i mean yeah I, it, it's it's they filmed the movie within the movie in black and white obviously because obviously yeah. the original clerks was filmed in black and white but you know like to literalize it like it's like there's a rose colored tint to those scenes you know it's it's yeah. it's just him looking back with so much fondness and and love at this thing that has meant so much to him that has defined who and what he is 
and yeah. he's presenting it to an audience that also has grown up with these characters that also adores this universe. And it's, yeah, yeah I mean, it, it, it plays beautifully. It plays so beautifully. Now, obviously, the film is a comedy. We've barely spoken about the comedy at all because the, the drama really does outshine it. But I, I must say, I was surprised at still how funny the film was. <laughs> I don't think that all of the jokes land, but, you know, that's that's a Kevin Smith film these days. You brought up the, the doctor in the OR. I don't. I don't need her dressed as a witch. That do, that doesn't do anything. Yeah. For me. I don't. Yeah. But I think that a lot of the humor still lands really well. I mean, I, most people I've seen talking about the humor in this film are bringing up Elias, um, Trevor Furman. <laughs> Did you find his his kind of goth shtick funny? <sighs> Here's the thing about Elias. Okay. <laughs> Clerks two as a foil to Randall. I love him. I think he's perfect. He yeah. is a hundred percent useless in this movie. He's completely pointless. Yeah. He he plays out like an afterthought. Like, well, what are we going to do with Elias? We can't just have him just here doing nothing. So they came up with this random. And don't get me wrong, the outfits hilarious. All the outfits <laughs> that they dressed him in are amazing. But like the character, it's like like him himself, like that character, like ha- yeah. he's pointless. He's so pointless to this movie. I, I was the same. I don't understand yeah. people talking about how funny he. The the only kind of recurring joke with him that really got me going was the kites for some reason yeah. him constantly going on about these kites that got me laughing but I, I agree apart from that he's like what are you doing in this film yeah i so i i didn't feel i didn't feel him at all and and you know i kind of almost wanted the movie and maybe this is selfish on my part i'll put that out there from the outset but like it's going back to the convenience store it's 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 dante and randall just back in the quick stop doing their thing it feels almost out of place to have a third character shoved into the middle of that the whole time yeah, like, yeah. you know, I, I don't feel like he really like it when they're in movies and clerks too. like, it makes sense because obviously, well, you need more employees just in a literal sense. But like I said, he works perfectly because he's a foil for Randall in that movie, you know, because yeah. Dante's got his own plot with Becky and, and, you know, whether or not he's going to get married, move to Florida and all that different kind of stuff in the, like in this, what is he doing in this movie? Because now in this movie, yeah. Dante is kind of back to being Randall's foil the way that yeah. he was in the first clerks. So like you don't you just don't need Elias, I don't think. I just don't really think you yeah. needed him. And I think they brought him along because he's part of the quote unquote family now. And like you gotta yeah. throw him in there somewhere. But yeah, yeah, the outfits were hilarious. That's about the only takeaway that I had positive <laughs> yeah. from uh, from Elias. I did love the outfits. Yeah. They were hilarious, but like every time they dedicated any portion of screen time to anything other than just seeing him dressed ridiculously, I was yeah. like <sighs> Yeah, you know what I found really interesting is that like the first and second Clerks movies are almost entirely movies based off of discussions around pop culture. Yeah, like they kind of like there's a loose plot that runs through, but there's not really overly too much. This film I found really interesting that you almost go into it expecting a retread of that, and that's kind of what I was hoping for. Yeah. But the, there are very few of those kind of, you know, discussions around, say, Star Wars, for example. And I don't think that they really sing as much. as I think that the story and the plot and the kind of scenes of reconstructing clerks are so much fun in this film. Mm-hmm. that Which actually really surprised me. Because what I've always loved about Smith is his dialogue and the kind of musicality of that and the pop culture discussions and yeah. and with this film it was I think that was really overshined by just the the fun of the plot. 
Yeah, no, I, I would I would 100% agree. And it's, it's it's strange territory for a Kevin Smith movie because you're waiting for that, you know, whip smart pop culture laden dialogue where they're arguing yep. about, you know, two things that you know, and obviously we're in, you know, the era of podcasting, which, you know, of course, Smith is a huge yep. part of. And, you know, you're expecting to see like this, 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 this battle of, of nerds arguing about nerd things, you know, because that's like the yep. whole that's like, and I mean, even other like mall rats is all about that. Like Brody's the comic book Absolutely, nerd and everything, yeah. Yeah. you know? So yeah, you're, ex- you're expecting a lot of that, but like, yeah, I feel like, like they made like what a throwaway star Wars joke about like wanting to talk about star Wars or whatever. And they were like, what? And get sued by Disney or something. Like it was just like a, a yeah. like a throwaway kind of thing. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I get exactly what you're saying. And, and I think that because this movie focused more on, the heart of 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 this it, the beating heart of this whole universe let's let's face it yeah maybe there just wasn't as much room for it maybe it maybe maybe this film just didn't need it as much as you yeah, know uh, yeah. a clerks 2 needs it where you know obviously you're going to have that battle of of star wars versus lord of the rings back in yeah. back in clerks 2 or whatever you know yeah 100% you know one thing it's really interesting we're half an hour into this record now and we actually have not even mentioned jay and silent bob um which is weird for a Jane Silent Bob film. Um, how true. did you feel about Jane Bob in this film running the dispensary? So there's a, I mean, first of all, perfect place to put them. Uh, number yes. one to running, running a weed dispensary, like the, the scenes of them with like the giant, like the giant, giant joints and stuff. Like it's, it's, it's perfect. And like, the conversation on marijuana has gone so far, like from 1995 up to where we are now. You know, that it's, it's, it's no longer like this terrible taboo thing. Smith said something. So I watched the, I got the, the fathom events screening of this here in the United States. So it came with like a little making of vignette after the movie and Smith talked about this movie. Basically it, it, it has. It, it's not a Jay and Silent Bob movie, so it just has just enough of them. Like it punches them in for a joke, and then it pulls yep. them back out. It punches them in for a joke and pulls them out. So like you don't feel like you're getting kind of saturation bombed with Jay and Silent Bob stuff, which in like in the in the case of reboot was just yeah. The less said about reboot, the better. But you know, I <laughs> I feel like yeah, I feel like this uses them to that perfect degree. I agree 100 with his sentiments when he said it. I just was like nodding along. I'm like, yeah, you use them in the <laughs> yeah. perfect amount. You punch them yeah. in here, they make a joke or whatever, and then you pull yeah. them back out, and 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 then that's perfect. I did love like, and I you're you're a movie guy too, so obviously you you must have loved like. Like Jay talking about Silent Bob, like had to shoot the movie in black and white. He's like Scorsese yeah. three years got yes. to shoot it in black. And white. Yeah, that was that was great. The fact that yeah, Silent Bob is the DP, and that <laughs> that was really really funny. That th- that was the funniest Jay and Silent Bob bits to me too. Were like when Jay is trying to act in that scene. <laughs> Um, which famously is how it like really went. He just couldn't string lines together. Yeah, that was that was just so funny. And then when when uh, Kevin Smith just chimes in with "fuck it, I'll do it." <laughs> yeah, it's just it was really really funny. I agree that they were just the the perfect amount because they're the kind of characters because they are zany and for the most part, like Silent Bob brings a bit of heart when he speaks and kind of always has. That's been his kind of funny shtick is he doesn't speak and when he does, it's like just full of emotion. It's that really one well poignant worded. thing in the movie, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But apart from that, you know, like they they are 
dick jokes and that, that's what they're there for and so yeah like too much of them can be too much but i agree in this they were it was the perfect amount yeah. it was it was it really was just good. perfect just yeah. just absolutely absolutely perfect like you couldn't have i mean and maybe you know especially after reboot maybe i'm just not as hot on like a whole like seeing too much of them so i was already like going into this like just kind of hoping like you maybe got them as much as you got them in clerks like a little bit here and there just like a sprinkling and that's it you know yeah and yeah i'm glad that you didn't i'm glad that you didn't get overwhelmed by them yeah i think the the one of the most interesting uses of Jan Silent Bob to me is in Dogma. I think that that's where it's this where they are quite a heavy element of the plot, but somehow they don't overrun it. It's it's interesting because up to that point they were more to kind of just cameos, you know, where they pop in and out and make little yeah. jokes. And Dogma was the first film where they were like really quite a heavy part of the plot, but yeah, didn't they're like overrun mains it. in that movie. Yeah, they're they're, yeah. they're literally main characters in that movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, I, we're at that point. I have to ask you, and I really have to know, how did you feel about the end of this film? <sighs> did I it loved shock it. you when it happened? It, it shocked me, number one. Yes, it, it, it absolutely did. But then like, reflecting back on it, I loved it because we talked about Smith giving you that gut punch of this is what life is really like. Sometimes, sometimes everything that happy ever after is ripped away from you. And like really for, I mean, of course, you know, they bring Veronica back from clerks in, in this movie. Like it was really nice to see her again and see her and Dante kind of have like that little connection and stuff. But I was really, I was, I was hoping that they wouldn't, I mean, aside from obviously they have the shot, the scene of them, you know, outside banging in her car, but yeah, I was glad that they didn't kind of try to recouple them and like go back yeah. to like that initial thing in, in clerks. But, you know, I, I feel like with, with, with the way that Smith kind of sucker punched us with that and, and we've seen Dante try desperately to grow over yeah. a few movies now. And I feel like he wasn't ever going to like, th- this is, this is literally all his, his life was ever going to be. You know, yeah. and yeah. I don't think I, I think that he was he was too trapped in his his grief that he never he, he would have lived literally lived this day until he died behind that cash register at that convenience store. You know, yeah. that's yeah. literally what would have happened. So, like, I mean, I mean, honest to God, like, I, I, I kind of really love it because it, it in some way it's not a happy ending by any means. But, like, I think it's. It's the, it's the only way this character's journey could have ended, if that if that makes sense. Yeah, and like let's he's been trying to kill Dante since Clerks One. <laughs> you know, like he, <laughs> like I, I, it's the one element of the film that for me I am really torn on, and I think yeah. it's more the execution rather than anything else because it is the one big emotional beat of the film that for me feels constructed rather than authentic. I think it feels highly convenient for him to die of a heart attack we're talking a month or so after randall has a heart attack yeah and you know there is the little the doctor has that line where she says to dante oh you know like you if you eat the same as him like you better change your diet as well and it's like that's kind of just there so that when you look back on the film it doesn't come completely out of nowhere one little seed planted yeah 
Yeah, and so while I agree that while story-wise it fits and it's a fitting ending for the character, it's just that one bit that just doesn't feel authentic in any way to me. And I I just, I wish that there had been some better way that that could have been executed. And honestly, I kind of don't know how. I don't know how that could ever not feel false to me. Yeah? I got it. I got it. Okay, so uh, it it ends with Dante being taken away from the convenience store and the ambulance ambiguous you don't know like imagine if the movie just ends there because that scene like that sequence between he and randall when dante just breaks down and like like this is kind of all of his grief just like getting spilled out all at once and then he has his heart attack like i mean granted like that would piss so many people off like i really get it (laughs) but like you know i I, like imagine that like imagine if it doesn't answer the question for you and it just kind of leaves it up to you you know yeah Maybe that yep. would have, I mean, that probably would have just been like, God, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, because there, there's just something about how authentic the film has felt up to that point. Yeah. Like, even, because even Randall's heart attack, while yes, it's it's very clearly about Smith's heart attack, and yeah. you know that he wouldn't have written it this way if that hadn't happened to him, it still feels like it fits. But the ending is the one bit that for me, it's just kind of that too convenient almost. Yeah. But as you say, it it fits the character, so it's hard it's hard not to feel okay about it. But I just kind of don't. <laughs> no, I I get it, and i i would I would dare say it's because of that emotional attachment that we have to these characters. You want to you want to roll up, I mean, in a in a filmic sense, to the quick stop forever and yeah. see Randall and Dante just doing their Randall and Dante thing forever yeah, true. Yeah. you know because i think and in, in, in terms of if i think it from my perspective like i'm selfish in that way i always want them i always want that i want more 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 because i love yeah. them so much but if i look at it from like the character's perspective how much that character was suffering and and yeah. like how much grief he was racked in and, and like literally everything good like they had their whole lives planned out like they had they had they had they had made the 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 decisions they bought the quick stop they were on that upward trajectory after clerks to like life was gonna yeah. be okay from here life was gonna be great from here and that like that event losing becky it it literally broke dante it yeah. broke him so completely that he was never going to be whole again and i think in that way like for the character to get to that end i yeah. think that 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 at least he's not broken anymore and maybe that's how i i under i completely agree with you in terms of the inauthenticity of it versus everything else we've seen in terms of how this film was made up to that point i agree yeah uh it does it definitely does feel like it's a little bit it's it's kind of maybe more manufactured to yeah to yeah. pull on your heartstrings a little bit but yeah, yeah i i god he was he was broken like he yeah. he was broken and these characters who these characters were there was he was never coming back from that he was never yeah. going to get out of that Definitely, so yeah. yeah i don't I, I don't i don't mind i don't mind him having 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 died in in that yep. sense yeah, because I don't, yeah. I don't know, like it uh, almost like it's a, it's it's almost like a you know he's he, he he's been he's like a like a like an old dog that has cancer and a, a bum leg and can't see and is is, <laughs> yeah, is pooping yeah. everywhere and stuff like yeah, where, him where, where like you, Smith is putting him out of his misery. Almost. Yeah, where, where you can genuinely say he's in a better place. Yeah, which yeah, <laughs> one of those cases. Yeah, yeah. You I, uh, you live a lot closer than I do. Obviously, have have you ever 
Have you done the journey to the quick stop? No, no, I never have. I one of these days I really, really need to. I would absolutely yeah. love to. I love that this movie was was entirely filmed in the state of New Jersey. They were really proud yeah. of that. And they went back to the original quick stop location and they, you know, they they filmed it this like it, th- that's so good. That's yeah. so, so good. I'm so glad that they did that for this one. Yeah. I've made the pilgrimage. I've been there. <laughs> yeah. God. My- so I live probably like a couple hours away. <laughs> You're a half yeah. of a planet away. <laughs> yeah. Man. Yeah. My wife, we were on our honeymoon. We road tripped the whole states. We went through, God, 35 or something states and then God. up through Canada as Better well. More states than I have. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't actually stay in Jersey, but I had to go. We did a day trip from, I want to say from Philly. We yeah. Went, and uh, yeah, went to Jay and Silent Bob's secret stash mm-hmm. and bought some comic books. And I was talking to the guys there, to Walt and, you know, Brian. I was like, yeah, I'm going to go over to the quick stop. And they were like, why the fuck would you go there? The place is a dump. Tell them, <laughs> <Like>, Steve, Dave. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so I, I did the whole thing. Got my wife to take some black and white pictures of me looking through eggs and milk. <laughs> I asked the clerk if I could stand behind the counter. And they were like, um, absolutely not. Just yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. All right, well, all in all, how are you scoring Clerks 3 out of 10? Probably 8. I, I would say yep. 8. I, I hadn't really like landed 100% on it. I think the Elias factor is really the thing that drags this movie down for me. He's he's a waste of time. Like, Just get him out of the movie. It's just Then you could have focused more on the kind of relationship between Randall and Dante, which really that's why all nobody bought a ticket being like, oh, God, I can't wait to see what Elias is, <laughs> is yeah, up to yeah. in this. Yeah, nobody yeah. cared. Nobody yeah, cared. Hun- a hundred percent lockstep. I'm an eight out of ten as well. I thought this film was really, really good. It has oh, its flaws, so but I think it's a fitting ending. And I would so happily watch this again. I'd sit down yeah. and watch this entire trilogy back to back, and I know that I would have a fantastic time with That's it. That's what I need to do. I need to. I need to just literally one day just binge all three right in a row and just kind yeah. of watch those character arcs just progress through that yeah. entire yeah. series. Yeah, I think I think it works really well. I think it's a really fitting end to this trilogy and it makes me sad to say that because i would love to see randall and i guess the thing with kevin smith is you never know he might do another kind of meta reboot type thing and randall might pop up every now and then but um it won't be the same without dante around i think this is a really nice end to these characters yeah i do not want to see clerks four with with randall and elias unless like the plot of clerks four is like dante's ghost haunting randall or something (laughs) like i don't and i don't even know like i don't even know where he would go with that plot point or whatever no no please god no i don't need i don't want to see clerks four with with elias and randall (laughs) well thank you so much for joining me this has been so great to finally have you on the show and Mm. to chat about this movie with you where we both had such a great connection to it can you tell everybody about nikolai's kitchen and where they can find you and what you're doing over there um, I mean, Nikolai's Kitchen is all about my journey of scratch-made food and positive energy because that's all I want to do is just uh, just try to make the world a better place. That's yeah. literally the only the only thing I want to do. So I'm sure all my information will be wherever in the show notes or, or wherever online. Uh, so yeah. I'd I'd rather leave I'd rather leave anybody listening with with a, take a moment today to just do a kindness for yourself, a small kindness, a large kindness, whatever it is, even if it's just you telling yourself, you know something good just be good and be kind to yourself be kind to somebody else try to do something every day to just put a little bit more good into the world i think 
the way the world is nowadays, I think it's, it's, it's filled with too many people who want to tear each other down for whatever difference they might have with each other. Instead of just building each other up, be kind, love each other and, and, and be good to yourselves. That's the kind of wonderful positivity you get from your show. It really is just like a beam of brightness. Like, and I, I love how much you love food. That's a passion that I know you and I share. Like, we're Facebook friends. I quite often see you firing up the grill and smoking some meat, which is a massive hobby of mine as well. And uh, yeah, we're coming right into grilling season now. It's spring. The sun is out. I've got a brisket ready to smoke. Oh. Grilling season never ends, Millie. Well, that's absolutely true. That's absolutely true. There's nothing better than smoking a chicken on like a freezing cold day. It's, oh, geez, it's the best. See, I do. But, I yeah. live in the Northern Hemisphere. So my, <laughs> my Christmas routine, ever since I was in college, Christmas day, I am outside standing in front of a grill. I'm grilling chicken uh, every yeah, Christmas. Yeah, I've done it for the yeah. past like 12 or 13 years now. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, See, I've, I've, I've got to get you over on on my show. Cause I do my, I do my little table for two interview series yeah, where I, yeah. where I make like one of your favorite dishes and we just kind of talk and riff about life for, for an hour. Anytime. So we got to make that happen that anytime. Too. You're, you're a, you're a wonderful soul. You're a great personality. I'd recommend you show to anybody and absolutely I'd come over there anytime. That would be, that would be amazing. Yeah. God, I'm going to have to get my whole mic set up outside for the grill and everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did I'll it once. Pick- I'll pick something inside. There's lots of inside stuff I cook. I'm a bit of a basic bitch as well. One of my favorite dishes, comfort food, is curried sausages. Like, if I know it's just going to be me at home eating, I'll just make myself a giant pot of curried sausages. And because I'm a big fat fatty, instead of doing them with, like, mashed potato or boiled potato, which I have done in the past, I do them with, like, real crispy roast potato with a ton of oil. It's so good. Oh, and uh, it's so lunchtime here, so now I'm I need gonna, to go. I'm have now to I go need to go fire up the grill now <laughs> or something. But thank you so much, so much for joining me. This has been great. Next week, I'll have my lovely wife Noosk back on the show. It's Halloween, and I've convinced her to watch The Conjuring, which she has always Ooh. been terrified by. Um, so that's going to be a lot of fun. And then the week after that, Toph is back on the show. We're starting our marathon of all three Lord of the Rings films, uh, which is, it was an epic day. We recorded last week and we were going until about 3 a.m. So <laughs> I cannot wait. I, oh, I mean, Give it to I me. know that. Yeah, I know that you're a giant Lord of the Rings fan. I can promise you that we had uh, nothing but positive things to say. It oh, my the, God. It was the longest record we've ever done, um, <laughs> and it was worth every bit of it. So that that's going to be all of November. Three weeks in a row in November, it's just Lord of the Rings. <laughs> all right. Well, in the meantime, if you want to get in touch with me, you can do that at wewatchedathing.com or wewatchedathing at gmail.com. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all under the handle at wewatchedathing. If you want to help support the show, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash wewatchedathing, and I'll catch you next week. Bye.